All right, welcome back to Seam Ripper, a podcast about materials and environmentalism and sustainability uh, through a consumer sort of lens, uh, but detailed out by an expert. Uh, I am not your expert. I am your co-host, Spencer Howe. And I am Alex Carlson. Who is our expert today. Um, We're taking it back. We're going to throw back to the 70s today, I feel like, um, with our topic of polyester. Um, This is one that I feel like I'm familiar with, but I have a feeling after we're done with this episode, I'm going to realize I don't know much about polyester at all. I don't think anybody realizes how ubiquitous polyester is in everything literally everything well you're gonna feel like you need to put a tinfoil hat on after this. <laughs> okay well i'm ready for it uh let's just dive right in um what is polyester let's set that baseline perfect polyester is a man-made synthetic fiber or compound so it can be both and in my world of design and textiles i generally see it as a fiber i think what most people are familiar with is as a fiber but uh, it can be it is the same thing that is made for like soft plastics like coke bottles and things like that oh okay so yeah i almost promise you to anybody who is listening to this podcast right now that you are wearing something made of polyester i am right now Spencer, your sweatshirt's definitely made of at least 50% polyester. <laughs> okay. Your socks are, your shoes are. Wow. Um, I guarantee you that like the filters that are in our mics right now have polyester in them. All right. So I was thinking it was only this John Travolta kind of 70s look, but maybe I am. Uh, maybe that is my first misconception about this, uh, this material. So we actually have to go back a little bit further than the 70s to really get the <laughs> the birth of polyester. Yeah, where, but, does, where does this uh, miracle uh, material come from? So it was kind of discovered in 1941, but it actually even predates that a little bit, where in nineteen in the 1920s, uh, you had a, uh, a scientist named W.H. Carothers who was working for DuPont that was basically tasked with creating synthetic fibers. Okay. And... He was mixing alcohols with carboxyl acids, and he was successfully creating fibers, which is like, sounds crazy. But what he discovered was nylon, which we'll talk about in a different episode because it's different than polyester. Okay. But he stopped there. DuPont was like, gold medal. We did it. Let's get, let's hit the bar. And it wasn't until 1941 that two British scientists, uh, Winnifield and Dixon patented, uh, polyester as we know it today, which, uh, they patented something called polyethylene terephthalate, which is where you get PET, polyester. You'll often see on clothing labels, if it's not labeled as polyester, you will see it labeled as PET, which is okay. polyethylene terephthalate. Okay. And those are the same thing. Yes, exactly okay. the same Got thing. Um, so they discovered it in 1941. Uh, DuPont purchased the rights to it in 1946. And you kind of first saw polyester introduced to the market as a miracle textile that needed no ironing. And that's kind of where I think you're getting the, you know, mm-hmm. the unbuttoned, like drapey shirts and stuff like that was polyester's main introduction into the marketplace. It was introduced to the American public in 1951. Got it. Okay. So their go to market strategy was doesn't need to be ironed miracle fiber. All right. so. Open and shut case on this episode, then. Um, <laughs> I no. mean, there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> I, I I expected as much. So I am. I imagine things have changed 
since 1941. Uh, where are we at now with polyester? What are we doing with it? What I mean, we are I still we are still making textiles with it. That is the absolute main driver for polyester. About 65 percent or more of the total purchased polyester goes into clothing. It is also used for packaging and foods, like I mentioned, like mm-hmm. soda bottles, um, any kind of like soft, thin plastic that you get, like egg crates and things like that. Plastic egg crates. Those are all polyester. Yeah. The like packaging that things come in. Is that usually that? The, yep. That's yeah. something. Okay. Polyester can come in so many forms. It could come as like cling film. It can come as <laughs> soda bottles. It can come as fibers. It can come as hard plastic components. Um, you can recycle polyester relatively easily in any of its forms. So you will have, um, it's not technically still considered polyester, but like park benches and stuff like that composite plastic, oh, yeah. uh, playground okay. equipment can yeah. sometimes be made from like recycled plastic cling film. Huh. Okay. Are we doing anything different as far as the manufacture of it yes. or has it kind of been the same ever? So the actual synthesis is still very much the same. Uh, so I'm just going to like throw this out here. Like I'm going to start my environmental piece on this. Um, Okay. Polyester comes from oil. It is a byproduct of crude oil refinery. It's it comes from something specifically called naphtha. And when you do oil refining, the byproducts of that refinery, you have natural gas and gasoline, things like that. But you also have naphtha, which is a slightly um, denser product. that sits at the bottom of the, machine that does the synthesis um Hmm. at the bottom of that machine is also things like tarmac so they'll take tar out of this process as well so like again tinfoil hat like literally everything like naphtha's in everything and polyester is therefore in everything but uh that process has not changed at all so you you synthesize that you synthesize the polymer pet from naphtha then that gets turned into hard plastic chips that goes through a lengthy process of turning it into a fiber which is you have these like in i these machines are literally like football fields long but they are essentially hoppers like you would have in a brewery that melt the fibers down with something called a master batch and the master batch is where we have a lot of innovations coming from i'll get into that in a second hmm. but it's mixed with the master batch. It goes through something called an extruder, which is where it mixes with the master batch, uh, gradually heats it up into a molten form, then goes through something called a spider, which pushes it through spinnerets, which looks kind of like a shower head. Okay. And out of that shower head, kind of like a Play-Doh noodle maker, yeah. you have uh, very thin filament fibers coming out of these Play-Doh shower heads and uh, into a cooling chamber to then be spun into fiber. Okay. So... The master batch, though, that's where that innovation comes in, and that's where we've started to do things that are very different. The spinnerets are actually also a point of innovation as well, but uh, that's a different topic. Um, master batch, whereas before, and still, like, a majority of polyester is just polyester. It's extruded filament. However, you can add things like silver ion or um, odor control like different, uh, okay. yeah. you can add like certain chemicals or minerals into the master batch. And when you add stuff like silver ion, for example, into the polyester, it becomes um, a cooling sensation to the skin. Like it's very, it's it's just on touch. It doesn't actually do a huge amount to, to physically cool you over time. But right. that initial touch is very cooling. Um, silver ion is also antibacterial. 
So it's very important for things like you'll, you'll see pillows and bed sheets and stuff that claim that they have like an antibacterial or sure. anti, you know, whatever. Kind of wicking properties, yeah. that kind of idea. Yeah. And spinneret is actually when we talk about things like wicking stories. When I say wicking, that's moving moisture away from the body. Right. That's actually coming from the shape of the polyester more often than it is what's actually going into those chips, that master batch. Interesting. Okay. So it's more like the the, the weave or whatever of the fabric. Even more minute than that. Yes. Oh, wow. That okay. has something to do with it. But when I mentioned those spinnerets, the shower heads, uh-huh. literally want you to imagine a Play-Doh spaghetti maker. Yeah, got it. And they come out as little round noodles. Oh. And you know you can put the dyes in there that make them into stars or squares. Yep. Spinnerets are the exact same way. Oh. And that shape can change the physical attributes of the polyester dramatically. So when you have something like a star shape or a trilobial is sometimes what we call it, which is like a Y shape. When you have a trilobial design, when you mix that in with other round fibers, it creates these pockets of space when you spin the fibers, which allows ventilation to actually get into the spun yarns, which then can take the moisture off of your body and move it away from you. Got it. So like. And that's you cannot see that with your naked eye. You no. can, like that's a micro, microscopic difference. But it's even stuff that like if you extrude it as a flat fiber instead of a round fiber, like the overlapping of those fibers in a yarn makes it so that your yoga pants won't show your butt through them because there's more coverage of the fiber, which is important. Yeah, I mean, in today's modern era, why not? Yes. <laughs> but so changing the actual shape of those fibers can just can change it completely. And when you add that in with those master master batch differences, like you can get these like just wild innovations. And then you match that even more with like different knit structures and woven structures. And that's like, you can get really deep into this. Oh, I feel like we're already pretty deep (laughs) into it, but I'm sure this rabbit hole goes uh, a long ways. There is a, I think a, um, if I'm not mistaken, polyester has a pretty bad rap uh, environmentally, yes. uh, touch on that. What, uh, what do I need to know, uh, about how bad I should feel for all the polyester that you said I'm wearing as far as my hoodie and my, uh, socks and everything else. So yes, that's true. Um, I'm going to talk about two things. I'm going to talk about the really bad stuff about polyester, but I'm mm-hmm. also going to talk about polyester as like a miracle fiber. I'll do that second, but okay. the thing that is kind of on the forefront of news right now with polyester is microfibers, microplastics. You've probably yes. seen Patagonia and the like talking about this. I have, but I I don't know if I have a full comprehension of what that is. Yeah. So as I said, polyester is a derivative of oil. It is literally plastic. The polyester mm-hmm. that is in your shirt is essentially the same plastic that is in a Coke bottle. Got it. Yeah. Because of that, it does not biodegrade. Every piece of polyester that has been invented, that has been manufactured since the 1940s is still in existence. Mm. So what that means is specifically for microfibers, your laundry is really messing stuff up. When you wash polyester garments, it releases about 700 thousand microfibers and microfibers are classified as anything that I think is less than five millimeters in length and like a nanometer in diameter, which is fiber. That's polyester. Yeah. Um, 
because it doesn't biodegrade, fish can eat these microfibers. It gets into their guts and then a bigger fish eats that. And then we eat that fish. And then we have polyester in our systems. Microfibers have been found at the peaks of the Alps because they can even be drawn into rainwater. That is how pervasive they are. Okay. So the laundry, we do the laundry. We're kicking these things out into the water supply that way. It's getting into the ecosystem. It's getting into us. It's getting into the air. It's getting everywhere. That sounds bad. It is. That sounds like I was expecting you to say, you know, the the way we manufacture and produce this stuff is uses a lot of oil and and does bad things for the earth. But uh, this uh, this is a little out of left field. I'm a little worried about this. Um, it's what uh, it's what? an unexpected problem, and it's something that we have literally done to ourselves in the past seventy years. And the the use the the as I said, like that ubiquitous nature of polyester has really only permeated the industry in the last like twenty years. Uh-huh. Um, cotton, silk, things like that used to be the that used to be the what we made our clothing out of. Go to yeah yeah, which cotton biodegrades like there's no real issue with that at the end of its life um as far as like what you were talking about like it uses a lot of oil or anything like that like i could get into a whole other conversation and maybe we'll do a whole (laughs) podcast about human rights violations of the textile industry okay but uh like i like i only say that though because like i want everyone to really understand that you can breathe these things in so if you are a mill worker working in a mill that's creating polyester yeah. textiles especially things like fake fur oh okay. my god that is like there are literally clouds of polyester fiber and dust in mills that are making synthetic fur don't buy it okay. um i will say that recycled polyester actually tends to shed less i don't know why that is but there was a mr future fashion report that got published i think three years ago that did a handful of laundering um, exercises with virgin polyester, recycled polyester, and combined um, blended fibers. Like if you have a shirt that's 50% polyester and 50% cotton, that will shed a lot, even more, because cotton is a weaker fiber than polyester is. Oh, interesting. Um, like the microfibers associated with cotton are not as bad because they yeah. biodegrade, but because it is a weaker fiber, they will release the polyester more often. The good news is, is there are things that we can do about this. Yeah, that obviously my follow-up question. What? How can I mitigate microfibers or can I? Yeah. Um, if you are in a position, if you own your home or you can work with your landlords, if you rent, um, attaching a special filter to the plumbing of your washing machine is probably the best way to do it because your current filtration system will not catch these. Okay. Um, you can do things like guppy friend, which is like a little washing bag that Patagonia sells along with some other people. I don't know as much about that one. So like take it or leave it. Coraball says that they can do the same thing. I don't really necessarily know much about Coraball either. Um, In my opinion, the best thing that you can do is either if you own polyester clothing to wash it less and also don't use things like fabric softeners because that will, that, that fabric softeners literally break down the fibers in your clothing to make them softer. Don't use them. Okay. Um, But don't use synthetic laundry detergents. Don't use things like fabric softeners. Um, just wash your clothing less and even better, stop buying polyester clothing. Okay. So less polyester consumption, more responsible uh, uh, cleaning habits of it, i.e. cleaning it less often or using one of these bags or applying a filter as an even better option to your laundry system. Those are those sound like um, things I can actually do. Yeah. I'm also like, real quick, it is not your fault. 
Um, <laughs> that's good. That's yeah. good. I was, I'm concerned. I mean, like we should all be better consumers as far as like, we should be buying less often. We should be buying things that last longer. We don't need to buy into fast fashion. It's garbage, but the amount of laundry and processing that textiles go through before they even get purchased by you is phenomenal. Okay. And your laundry, yes, it matters. You should listen to me when I say the things I say about laundry. Yeah. But like, oh, if we could get the textile industry to change even 20%, 10% of the amount of water and waste that they produce, it would make up for everybody doing what we do. So like- put pressure on brands to yeah. work with, to, to be more sustainable, to work with better suppliers, to, to have transparency with their supply chains. You're going to hear me talk about supply chain transparency constantly. That's, I mean, it's obviously an issue. Is there any, is there anyone out there applying that pressure now? Like, is there a watchdog group or somebody trying to get uh, the industry to launder things better or less or whatever it is that needs to happen or not so much? There's a handful of like third-party organizations that can have standards associated with this. Like I'm thinking like Blue Sign and Okatex are both standards that are not necessarily about water use or laundry or microfibers, but they basically say that your supply chain is free of harm to people and planet. Okay. Um, which is important for sure. But I would say that some of the most vocal players in this space right now are actually like have like nonprofit organizations like Fashion Revolution. Okay. Or and that and like you can follow them. I highly recommend everybody follow them on Instagram. Shout out at fash underscore rev. Uh, they are really big advocates in the space for better practice transparency across all manner of fashion, like not just Okay. Fiber manufacturing, but also human rights, animal welfare, things like that. They're incredibly informative, and I trust their opinion on a lot of things. Uh, there's also Textile Exchange, which is less of a like loud voice in the space, but they're, they are a standard. Like you, okay. you can actually look at the Textile Exchange benchmark scores for large brands across the industry to see how well they're doing against environmental standards, which is like the um, adoption of recycled polyester or adoption of more sustainable fibers. Got it. Okay. So there is a, there's a little bit of this, but not a ton. So maybe the best, um, the best thing to do is to pressure the brands directly. Like yeah. you, uh, like you said, and buy more, buy more responsibly. Like there are other yeah. innovations, like there are things like biodegradable polyester, which is like kind of coming onto the market now for the first time. I don't love the idea of biodegradable polyester because I just don't totally understand why you are still tapping the abiotic research of oil to create biodegradable polyester. So right. I just don't really understand the reason why you would create a product to biodegrade when you are tapping an abiotic resource, when we have a relatively unlimited supply right now of recycled polyester. Right. Yeah. So see, yeah. in my opinion, it is, if you are going to buy polyester, it is better to use recycled polyester than it is to try and spec in biodegradable polyester or anything like that. You okay. can also do um, bio based polyesters, which are coming from, um, the alcohol that's produced from sugarcane and corn. Um, I don't really have an opinion on it, honestly. I think it's great that we alleviate the need for the abiotic resource of oil. But like, again, when we have recycled polyester as an ample feedstock, we should just be using that. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Recycled polyester as the um, kind of the the move uh, if you are concerned about this issues. And, and you said recycled polyester gives off 
less microfibers as well. Yes. And I, again, I don't really know why that is. Um, if we want to link it in this podcast, I can share the future fashion report. But so It's a little bit of a two birds, one stone situation uh, with recycled polyester as far as the manufacturer is less, uh, uh, you know, bad. And then the care for it after you have a, a clothing product or whatever um, is also less harmful. So yeah. that is a- And you can feel good about diverting a bunch of plastic bottles from landfill. Sure. Um, I will also kind of add that as far as like sustainable practices are concerned, uh, something called solution dyeing or dope dyeing polyester, and you can get dope dyed recycled polyester. Um, the process of dyeing polyester is pretty terrible. It uses just huh. tons and tons and tons and tons of water and chemicals. And it's usually a process called dispersed dyeing, which is a synthetic dye. Okay. Uh, guess what? Dyes are also made from naphtha and oil derivatives. Oh, weird. Yeah. I'm going to put my tinfoil hat back on. Um, <laughs> But uh, dope dyeing is actually a process that the master batch that I talked about. Yes. You can put color in the master batch at the point of extrusion of polyester. So rather than extruding a white or semi-clear polyester that then gets dyed, you are extruding a red or a blue or a black polyester instead. Okay. And that cuts out 99% of the water and chemistry associated with it because you're not dyeing it. You're not laundering it. You're not sizing it. You're not doing any of that stuff to it. So. I've seen a handful of companies coming out with, you'll often see it called no dye or waterless dye, dope dye, solution dye. Like a lot of companies will have proprietary names for it, but any technology like that is also like A plus. Okay. That's, that's good information to have. Absolutely. Okay. I also want to touch that polyester is kind of, it is a miracle fiber. It is <sighs> like, it is shitty in the sense that like it has this, really big problem that needs to be addressed with microfiber. But something that I will say is polyester can do things that cotton and cellulosics and all of these things can't do. It is a physically stronger fiber. It is, it is flame resistant. Like when you hold a candle up to cotton, it will burst into flames. When you hold a candle up to polyester, it will literally shrink away from the flame. Yeah. So firefighters equipment and things like that will often use different variations of polyester um, for, for, you know, active firefighting, it is used in insulation in houses for the same reason. It is, it is oleophobic, which means that it does not absorb oil. Huh. So cotton and, or even like, uh, if there are cyclists listening to this podcast or even any active person listening to this podcast, if you've ever owned something made out of polypropylene, uh, polypropylene is oleophilic, which means that it will absorb a small amount of oil and that makes it stink. Ooh. So polyester is is like pretty stink resistant for the most part. Like you still need to wash it. It will still get stinky after a while, but uh, you can always wash it out. And that makes a really big difference for things like hospitals. So, so yeah. polyester can be a sterile fiber, which is super duper important. I can. Yeah, I can imagine. All right. So, yeah, it's not all bad then. There are some positives. We didn't leave uh, polyester uh, just beat up here um but it's literally everywhere like if you're using tea bags that are not stitched close that's polyester and that's just you're drinking a nice hot cup of microfibers uh now you're freaking me out band-aids <laughs> uh-huh. inside of your car yeah oh man all right so uh what are what should we take away from this conversation with about polyester um what are the main things we need to know that microfibers were a really big deal Okay. And we need to address them both as a consumer and as an industry of, of fashion. Yep. Um, do your laundry less and do it better. Okay. 
do not use caustic uh, laundry detergents, softeners, things like that. Also repair your clothing, frayed edges, raw edges, holes, they will shed more because it's physically broken fibers. So like if you have a hole in your polyester shirt, fix it. Yeah. Um, Honestly, if, if you're asking me my honest opinion, I am stop buying polyester unless you're using like activewear. Like I think that there are spaces that it makes sense. Like activewear is one of them that I think polyester is fine, Mm -hmm. but your everyday clothing, check your tags, like buy cotton, buy jute, buy hemp, buy regenerative cellulosic, like Tencel modal. You'll see those things. Mm -hmm. These are all biodegradable fibers and buy quality, like cut it out with the fast fashion. Like you don't need to go to forever 21 ever. Sorry, yeah. Forever 21. <laughs> well, there goes that sponsorship. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's all great stuff. Um, if I want to know more about how to uh, properly care for uh, my laundry, how to how to reduce microfibers, do you have a, a resource available for that? I mean, personal shout out. I have a zine that I published personally on my website, alexcarlsondesign.com. That is a free digital download or you can pay me I think $4 to send you one. Um, If you don't want to listen to my advice or read my cool zine, Patagonia actually has a lot of really good resources on this. As I said, Fashion Revolution has Mm -hmm. very good resources. Mistra Future Fashion, which is a uh, European university, basically. Um, They have tons and tons of resources on this. Uh, It's kind of one of those things that the numbers vary as far as like how many microfibers are released annually, but like you can probably Google microfibers and everything you read will have some semblance of, of truth to it, but Mm -hmm. um, it's a real thing and we need to address it. Okay. Take micro microfiber seriously. Don't buy polyester uh, except in limited uh, use cases and um, yeah, do a better job repairing reusing and uh and uh buy less buy only what you need repair what you have buy less perfect (laughs) all right i think that uh shuts the book on polyester for this episode uh thank you for uh, uh enlightening us yes if anyone has further questions about polyester or a material or fiber topic that they want addressed in a future podcast let us know all right 